And now, Lifestyles Unlimited presents the Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Over the next hour, we unfold your map to financial freedom. You'll learn how to retire through investing in single family and multifamily real estate. You'll learn how to create cash flow and build wealth so you can have the time and money to live the lifestyle you want. Welcome to the show. My name is Al Gordon, and as always, I'm working on your financial freedom. And right now, I'm just I'm taking a step back, and I'm taking a look at what's going on in the stock markets. I am looking at the Dow Jones, I'm looking at the S&P 500, and I'm looking at the NASDAQ. Now, before any of you panic, before any of you like run to your computers to start selling stuff, I actually have some good news for you. Yeah, I actually have some good news for you. I, I, okay, true, you know me well by now, right? Coupled with the good news, I have some bad news for you. But the bad news is more historical in nature. But the good news is what I'm seeing in today's markets. For instance, last week, it appears to me, based on the, the stock chart I'm reading right now, it appears that the Dow Jones Industrial Average hit an all-time high. So for those of you invested in Dow Jones related stocks. Congratulations. You you finally have gotten to an all-time high. You have finally weathered the last 2 years of a depressing market. I mean, there's another way to describe what happened over the last 2 years, but depressing. So, you ought to dust the dust off your shoulders and feel good about the fact that you're now in new high territory. Yeah, congratulations for being in new high territory. Now, for those of you invested in stocks that are encompassed in the S&P 500 index, you're not quite to new highs yet, but you're danger close. I mean, you're really, really close. So you, too, have weathered the effects of the last two years. Now, one of the things I want to point out to you is that some of the research that I did this morning before I came on the show indicated to me that... If you had been invested in the S&P 500, or at least in the S&P 500 type stocks, now I know your portfolio might be made up of some S&P 500 stocks and, and other types of stocks. I get that. But let's just use that S&P 500 as a benchmark. What I learned was that had you been invested in the S&P 500 for the last two years, you would have made a 0.2% gain over the last two years. A point percent gain. Even though you're almost in new high territory, that's all you've been able to weather over the last two years because of the churning of the stock market. The fact that the stock market a little over two years ago hit a new high and started declining and it declined and it went up a little bit and made people feel good. And then it went down some more and then it went up and it went down and then it went up. And then it went down again, but not quite as far down. Then it went up a little bit, but just enough to tease you before it came down again. And then it started to climb upwards, upwards, upwards. And we were thinking that maybe, maybe you were out of the fire, only to find out that the market turned on you a little bit and it went down. And since the time it found a new bottom, if you will, it has been going up. And it has retraced all of the losses that it's made over the last two years, leaving you with a 0.2% gain. Now, most of you are going, what about the NASDAQ, Al? Tell us about the NASDAQ. What's happening in the NASDAQ? 
Well, the NASDAQ isn't doing quite as well as the other two indexes, but based on what I'm looking at, it is trying to get back to new highs. Now, it still has a lot of overhead resistance, but it has at least gotten back into that, that glory space that it used to be in well over two years ago. Now, if I were to do the research on the type of returns that you would have received in the NASDAQ over the last two years, that number would not be positive like it was in the S&P 500 at 0.2% gain over the last two years. It would still be negative because you haven't quite earned your way back to where you were two years ago. But it looks like all systems are go. So what's going on with me today? What, what's going on with me? Why, why am I telling you that the stock market is doing so well, especially when I'm supposed to be talking about real estate investing? Well, here's why. I think you ought to get out while the getting's good. I do. I think you should get out of the stock market while the getting's good. And here's why. That stock market, that stock market's going to do whatever that stock market wants to do. I mean, I am, I am reflecting on the annals of American financial history, and I am struck by the tumultuous waves that have swept through the stock market, leaving a trail of economic upheaval in their wake. Each crash that occurs in the stock market is a chapter in a narrative of greed, speculation, and sometimes unforeseen circumstances. So what I'm getting at is that this journey through time that you may be on where maybe all of a sudden things are looking up for you in the stock market, the rug could get ripped out from underneath your feet. What I'm going to do for you today is I'm going to recount some of the major stock market crashes that have shaped the American landscape of American finance. Yeah, you heard me correctly. I'm going to talk about things that have happened in the past. Some of these things you weren't even alive for, but these things, these stock market crashes have impacted Americans since the founding of this country. The stock market is unpredictable just because the Dow Jones Industrial Average has achieved a new high and the other indexes are at danger close success to potentially reaching new highs doesn't mean you're going to get there. It doesn't mean there isn't still some form of overhead resistance waiting to take you down. There was the panic of 1837, which was a speculative bubble in land and infrastructure investments fueled by easy credit, and it burst it burst the stock market in 1837. It caused the collapse of banks and the ensuing led to several economic downturns. And it was severe. It was severe. Unemployment soared. Businesses crumbled in the wake of that bubble's burst. Not to be outdone, 20 years later, there was the panic of 1857. That was a perfect storm of factors, including the California gold rush and overexpansion of the railroad industry, which culminated in, get this, the panic of 1857. Now, the financial panic resulted in the failure of numerous banks and a prolonged recession that lasted several years. Not to be outdone, in 1873, they had yet another panic. And it was caused by the collapse of Jay Cook and Company, a major banking institution. That's what caused the triggering and the panic of 1873. 
A speculative bubble in railroads and real estate burst, leading to widespread bank failures and severe economic downturn known as the Long Depression. Not to be confused with the Great Depression, because I haven't even gotten to that one yet. This is called the Long Depression. And finally, 20 years later, you noticing a trend there? 20 years later, the Panic of 1893 occurred, which was a series of events, including the failure of Reading Railroad and the subsequent run on the banks, which led to the Panic of 1893. The stock market crash was followed by a severe economic depression marked by huge unemployment and social unrest. So you're noticing that during these, these panics, there's a lot of things that occurred. And every one of them coincided with a stock market crash. Imagine that we're back in, say, the late 1700s or the early to mid to late 1800s. And imagine the stock market is doing quite well. It is doing fine. We seem to be making money in the stock market. And then all of a sudden, unbeknownst to us, stock prices start falling. And when stock prices start falling, they start falling like a hot knife cutting through butter. They don't come down real slow. Now, they go up real slow, but they don't come down real slow. They drop really fast. And you have to remember, back in the late 1700s and throughout the 1800s, they didn't have all that electronic trading stop system stuff that's in the markets today. So when the markets fall uncontrollably, the stock market just turns itself off so you can't trade anymore, right? Which protects all of you that, you know, could have gotten filleted in the process. But if you go back to the 1800s, there was no system in place. People lost entire fortunes. People lost lifetime earnings in the stock market. This is part of the reason I'm suggesting to you that if the stock market looks like it's doing really well right now, consider that a potential warning sign against what could happen to the stock market if it decides to fail. And keep in mind, that stock market, it doesn't check in with you. It doesn't give you a call and go, hey, Al, I'm the stock market. By the way, I'm thinking about imploding today. Maybe you ought to sell all your shares before I implode. Do you ever get a phone call like that from the stock market? Do you ever get a phone call like that from your financial planner? Do you ever get a phone call from anybody about the stock market, about it? it's about ready to implode? Well, maybe this is your wake-up call. Maybe this is your wake-up phone call. Maybe this is the time that you've been waiting for where somebody is coming along and telling you this might be the time, this might be the place to cash in your chips. It might be the time to get out while the getting is good. What should you get into? After all, some of these crashes, some of these panics that I talked about in the 1800s, they involved a little thing called real estate. Remember, I, I mentioned on a couple of them, they talked about a real estate burst or, or something real estate related. Now, keep in mind, the real estate implosion that occurred usually was culminated because of an, a, a linking effect to the stock market. It was caused by people doing things that they probably should not have been doing. In other words, speculating in real estate. Now, do you think that people speculate in real estate in today's day and age? They do. They speculate in something called flipping. 
Flipping is one of those things that is speculative in nature, and it's not really real estate investing. It's actually classified by the Internal Revenue Service as non-investing. You are classified as a dealer of real estate because you're buying a piece of real estate. You're trying to do something to that piece of real estate to increase the value. You're not providing any cash flow component to the asset. You're only trying to increase the value. And then you're trying to dispose of the asset and take advantage of whatever increase you made in the asset and thereby divesting yourself of the asset, but it's not really an investment. It is speculating in the market. And when the real estate market does take a slight downturn, the first people to get damaged are the speculators, the flippers. They're the people that get burned. But as long-term real estate investors, we just hum along just fine. We come back from the break, more stock market crashes. Stick around. Got questions? Call Lifestyles Unlimited at 855-497-4335. The Real Estate Investor Radio Show continues next. Well, one thing it has meant for us, and we have to compliment you, you've given us our time back. And I say our time because we got married 33 years ago, and we got married in July. Do you know why? Well, that was before I met Lifestyles. I used to work for Ford Motor Company. And with Ford Motor Company, I was uh, in the automotive division. They have shut down during July, the first two weeks of July. So, so you had, had to wait for down, a shutdown to get married? Yes. Yes, he actually Whoa, it's dedication there. <laughs> he made me change our wedding date. It was supposed to be June 15th, and I changed. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> so if I had been in lifestyle, I could have gotten married when I wanted to. <laughs> And the ring would have been bigger. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Ready to get your time back like Vivian and Cornell? Register for the free online workshop at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. Creating the lifestyle you've always wanted. You're hearing Lifestyles Unlimited's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Welcome back to the second half of the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. My name is Al Gordon, and as always... I'm working on your financial freedom. And on today's show, I'm just giving you a word of caution. You should get out while the getting's good. I'm talking about the stock market and what it's done recently. The stock market, if you're invested in stocks on the Dow Jones Industrial Average, that index has hit some new highs. Now, the other major indexes, the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ, they haven't quite hit new highs, but they seem to be doing better than they've done over the last two years. So maybe there's potential for them to also hit new highs. So if you remember a little over two years ago, the stock market did hit new highs. And what happened after it hit new highs? It went down in value. Now, that was not the result of a crash per se, but it was the result of what the markets tend to do. We have absolutely no control. Now, in the first part of the show, I talked to you about a bunch of panics that occurred prior to the 1900s, and it gave you an indication that the stock market is not a perfect vessel. The stock market is prone to crashing. A perfect example of the stock market crashing is the Wall Street crash of 1929. That's the one that you learned about in grade school. 
It's the one that everybody talks about, the big Wall Street crash of 1929. That Depression era lasted for many, many years. My father grew up in the Depression era. He saw people standing in line for bread and whatever the government was giving out. And ironically, the stock market didn't crash again for quite a long period of time. And then all of a sudden in 1987, on October 19th, the stock market experienced a sudden and severe downturn known as Black Monday. Fortunately, the economy rebounded relatively quickly. And maybe that had to do with the fact that all of those electronic controls were put on the stock market. Now, many people of our generation, they lived through Black Monday of 1987. They were done. They, they thought, I will never invest in the stock market again. But then a little time went by. And then we had something called the dot-com. You remember the dot-com era? It was in the 1990s, right? And everybody was making money in the dot-com era. But then the late 1990s saw a speculative frenzy in internet-related stocks. But by the year 2000, that bubble burst, leading to a sharp decline in the stock market. Many technology companies folded and investors suffered substantial losses. So once again, that stock market did what the stock market was going to do. And that stock market burst only 13 years after Black Monday of 1987. It occurred again in the year 2000. So many people thought, okay, it's, it's got to be over. It's got to be done by now, right? Wrong. Totally wrong. Because then we get to an era of 2008. The year 2008, the global financial crisis. Many of you remember the global financial crisis. It was a culmination of subprime mortgage lending and complex financial instruments that led to the collapse of major financial institutions in the year 2008. The crisis triggered a severe recession with widespread implications for the global economy. One of the things I want to point out to you was in that time period, in the global financial crisis, because of what had been occurring in real estate, real estate was actually pulled into the fold. Real estate actually went through a crash of its own. Now, real estate has gone through some crashes over the history of the United States, but not nearly as many crashes as the stock market has produced. And here's the other thing you need to understand. When the real estate market crashes, it opens up an excellent buying opportunity for people that understand how to take advantage of that crash. Do you understand what to do if the real estate markets were to crash tomorrow? Now that you're at the top of the market, why don't you just pull your money out of the stock market? Now, many of you are afraid to do that. Many of you have those 401ks, those IRAs, those government-backed so-called investment accounts that are really nothing more than glorified savings accounts. And you're afraid. You're afraid of paying the taxes. Well, you're going to pay the taxes whether you take the money out today or in the future, unless you've got that, that one specialized 401k, in which case you paid the taxes as the money went into the account, right? Okay. And the other thing you're concerned about is the penalty. 
that 10% penalty that the government imposes upon you that doesn't go to your banker, it doesn't go to anybody but the government, that's where that 10% penalty goes to. And the government uses that 10% penalty to dissuade you from taking money out of your account. What if I told you that at Lifestyles Unlimited, we actually have vendors that can help you avoid that 10% penalty? Now, all you need to be in order to make it work is happily married. It doesn't work for people that are divorced. It doesn't work for people that are single. It only works for people that are happily married. Notice I said happily married. What am I getting at? Well, if you're not happily married to your spouse, this process probably won't work because if you're not happily married, you're not in concert with each other. So happily married people get along and agree on things. So what this process does is it actually takes advantage of a loophole in in the law where they use divorce law, but you don't have to get divorced in order to get access to your money without paying the 10% penalty. When you become a member of Lifestyles Unlimited, you get access to the vendors that provide those services and you can avoid that 10% penalty. It's kind of a game changer, right? So let's let's talk about that for a minute. What if what if you're sitting on a million dollars in your retirement account? Well, you can avoid a 10% penalty of $100,000, and that'll keep that number right at $100,000. But you're going to pay taxes. So what if you pay taxes of, let's say, 20%? Well, you're going to have a nest egg of $800,000. $800,000 is a significant amount of money that can get you to a place of retirement in less than five years. All you have to do is repurpose that money into real estate assets that pay you five different ways. But many of you, you don't want to do that. It sounds like too much work. You just like the fact that you just have everything on cruise control. That money comes right out of your paycheck. You never see it. It goes right into your financial planner's pocket. You never see what goes on there. Every year you get a prospectus that you don't read. And every once in a while you go to your computer monitor and you take a look at what your stock performa is doing for you. And right now you're seeing pretty decent results. So you're thinking, well, you can't lose, right? All right. Well, let me remind you of the unprecedented global pandemic in 2020 that caused a sudden and sharp downturn in the stock market. Yeah. The COVID-19 pandemic occurred in the year 2020 and as economy shut down and uncertainty prevailed Investors faced rapid declines. However, swift government intervention and vaccine developments, well, they helped in a relatively quick recovery. Or did they? I mean, let's let's think about it. Was it a quick recovery? I mean, think about it. It's been almost four years since the pandemic has occurred. Do you consider the recovery of getting back to new highs today Significant? Is that quick? I don't think that's quick. I think that's slow. I think it's very slow. Now, here's the thing I need to tell you about real estate. Real estate is poised to make you money five different ways. There's the cash flow. The cash flow you use to pay your expenses of life. You start with one single family property, just one single family property. And that property maybe produces $254 a month in cash flow. Now, a lot of you are screaming at the radio, I can't retire on $254 a month. And I agree with you, you probably can't. But let's 
let's take a step back and let's look at that cash flow for a minute. Because $254 a month in cash flow represents over $3,000 per year in annual income. That's a $3,000 raise that you didn't have to go begging your boss for. All you did was repurpose, say, $30,000 of that $800,000 that you may have available to you, and you bought a real estate asset. You bought one real estate asset. So some of you are thinking, okay, that kind of makes sense. If I bought, let's say, 10 of those properties, that would cost me $300,000, and I'd be making what? $30,000 per year? That's correct. $30,000 per year. Well, what if I bought 20 of those? Okay, you'd be making over $60,000 per year. Now, some of you are thinking, okay, well, I would have used, what, $600,000 and my $800,000? But $60,000 doesn't seem like a lot of money to me compared to the salary that I make. All right, we'll take a look at all of the taxes that you pay out of that salary. If, if you're making six figures a year, let's say you're making 100000 a year, and you, you take, say, $20,000 out for taxes and maybe another 7000 out for self-employment taxes, I mean, that could push you down to about $75,000, right? But wait a minute, you're only making $60,000 in the real estate. No problem. Just get some more. With that $800,000, you can buy enough real estate to produce that $75,000 of income that you need. And here, let me sweeten the pot for you. Maybe it's not just single family as the route that you go. Maybe you don't buy, say, 25 single family houses. Maybe what you do instead is you buy a small multifamily apartment community. Maybe it's 40 units. Maybe it's 50 units. Maybe it's 60 units. Regardless of how many units it is, maybe it's enough units that it produces the cash flow that you need to be retired. And if you do it with a small multifamily apartment community, or actually when we're talking 40, 50, or 60 units, that's, that's not necessarily small. That's kind of like a medium-sized apartment community. Once you buy that apartment community, you're going to be doing just fine. And you're not going to have to wait five years to repurpose all of that money. You can get that money repurposed fairly quickly. You could get to a place of retirement, say in the next year or two, and you could continue to work in your job in the meantime so that you are protected, at least your income streams are protected while you're building up the passive streams of income that come from the real estate investing. And then once you have the number of real estate units that you need to effectively replace your income, the money that you go to work and trade time for money for, you've just regained control of your life. You are in the driver's seat. If you decide to leave that job, you can leave it, and you're going to be just fine financially. Or maybe you keep the job because now you've got twice as much money coming into your household. Now you could buy even more real estate, couldn't you? Wouldn't that be a perfect storm of things that are beneficial to you? And more importantly, that passive stream of income it keeps coming in month after month after month after month. It is what you retire yourself on, and then you don't stop there. Then as your assets mature, you dispose of those assets. In other words, you sell those assets, you buy two assets to replace the one that you sold, 
And now you're making even more money in retirement and you're working like hardly at all. It is a perfect recipe for you to get yourself retired well within the next five years and to live the lifestyle you have always wanted and to be able to put yourself in control of stepping away from that J-O-B. If you want to do what I'm doing, you want to do what the 50,000 members of Lifestyles Unlimited are doing, go to lifestylesunlimited.com, sign up for a free workshop, and let's get you going. Thank you for listening to Lifestyles Unlimited's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Ready for more of the map? Visit lifestylesunlimited.com. Explore our videos and articles. Click on the radio tab to access past show podcasts. View the radio show schedule and listen to our best of radio shows. Want to continue the conversation? Follow Lifestyles Unlimited on Facebook today. We want to meet you as well. Sign up for a free workshop at lifestylesunlimited.com. Until next time, remember, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle. The information and opinions you hear on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show are those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show constitutes an endorsement recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.